The Bear is back for its second season, but before we get into it, we've got some ads for you. We're here to tell you that you can stream the best of HBO shows and more with the new Astro. Better than before, no rain interruptions, no repeats. Just stream anytime and on demand via the Astro Ultrabox. It starts from only $59.90 a month, and you can find out more information at astro.com.m. Why? Can I just do a quick upsell here? Because with the football season coming up, I think you should do more than just get the movie back. I think the sports back, especially with this no rain interruption thing, you know, the Women's World Cup is coming up, the Cricket World Cup at the end of the year. I think you should go whole hog. There are important world events to be happening right now, and I think you should get involved in this. If you are a sports fan, it pretty much is a no-brainer because, because trying to find other avenues to watch these sports things can be incredibly complicated involving VPNs and all kinds of Russian illegalities. Yes. Why go through that trouble? Why do that? Why? 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 Also, no rain interruptions. Like, you know, if there's a thunderstorm during that big match, no problem. You'll catch the game. It's all good. You're never going to miss that goal. Never going to miss it. All right. We're talking today about the bear... And we're here to tell you that it's just as good as season one. The Bear Season 2 is yet another 10 out of 10 season. This mm. show is absolutely incredible. And there are many reasons as to why. But but I have, I have something of an unusual comparison. So there is this TV show on Netflix mm-hmm. called okay. The Lincoln Lawyer. Okay. It's incredibly popular. It got renewed mm-hmm. for season two. However, the show is what you may call the most basic of network television offerings. This is every David E. Kelly show that you grew up watching. It doesn't belong on premium streaming. At least it doesn't feel like it. And yet, and yet... You finished all of season one. You binged it. I finished all of season one. And I finished the first part of season two. And I was trying to figure out why. I was trying to figure out what the appeal was of The Lincoln Lawyer. And it's not just Mm. nostalgia for those David E. Kelly network television shows. I don't think that's it. Because we have so much TV to watch these days. And so much good quality stuff. That you really shouldn't be wasting your time on the mediocre stuff. And then I put my finger on it, and I think it's the same reason why the bear is so compelling. It's because it features characters who are always trying to do their best. Mm. And after watching a few episodes of the bear, I I found myself really drawn into that type of person because it's not something that you necessarily see on TV or in movies. Yeah. Like these aren't necessarily the best people. They're complicated. They're complex. They have issues. Some of them may be problematic for a variety of reasons, right? They may have all kinds of baggage or mental health things going on, whatever. But Mm. at its core... They're always trying to do their best. And I don't know why, but that makes for some really compelling viewing. For me, the first 
character on TV that sort of really fits that mold was Californication. Yes, you're absolutely right. He's a terrible partner. He's a borderline terrible human being. Not a great father, but he's trying. But he's kind and he means well. He just does bad things occasionally. He doesn't do bad things in the way Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy does bad things. Right. He's not Lex Luthor. He's not a villain. Yeah, he just does the wrong things. He has too many drinks and then sleeps with the wrong people just because he was bored. It's not that he's trying to hurt people. It's not that he's trying to insult anybody. It's just that he stumbles into the wrong places, into the wrong decisions. And I think that's what makes these characters compelling because you stumble into the wrong things. I stumble into the wrong things all the fucking time. We're not trying to be bad, but we're human. Essentially, we're fallible, right? And I think the Carmi thing, the Richie thing in The Bear works out that way. There's an internal push and pull about things that they want to do and people they want to be, but also there's the human side of maybe this is easier, I've given up, I'm just tired. There's a lot of television that we watch where it sometimes feels like the writers can't figure out how to move on. Maybe they had an idea for one really, really good season. And then when it was incredibly successful and the network said, hey, we want more of this money-making stuff, they felt the need to stretch out this idea beyond something they actually had. Mm. With The Bear, it feels like the genius of the show lies in Chris Dora's ability to maintain the stress and the tension of the original without relying on the same conflict or trauma or tragedy. Now, we know the first season kind of centered around the suicide of Carmi's brother and him being dragged back to Chicago, this Michelin star chef, to run this sandwich shop, essentially. Mm. At the end of that season, we learn that there's a bunch of money and all of them decide that they're going to start a new restaurant. They're going to do it up. They're going to make something different, something proper that celebrates food and the people eating it. And that's where season two kind of begins. Yeah. They're already in full swing trying to make this restaurant happen. And of course, they're facing down all of the issues with money and holes in the wall and all kinds of crazy shit that's going on but that's the new tension of the series and yes and you know what that's enough like even if you know a little bit about starting something new whether it's a restaurant or renovating your house or planning a wedding or whatever you immediately understand the universal tension that comes with those sorts of situations. And so there's so little explanation needed. Like when the episode starts, it's already chaos. And you're in. You're all in. I also like the baggage of the first season, which is Mikey's passing, doesn't continue to hang over the show. Yes, it's there. It's an emotional wound that they all have yet to properly deal with. But it's not the reason for the show. They're all doing this next thing and, oh, you know what? We still haven't unlocked Michael's locker. But there is a natural progression to where they're going. Like, there was a certain resolution 
towards his death at the end of the last season with Kami going to therapy and all of that stuff. And so Kami's at a different place, Richie's at a different place, and they're all kind of dealing with it in different ways. To go back to what you were saying earlier, the passing of Michael isn't used as the the emotional lunch bell that they have to ring every once in a while just Correct. to keep us invested, right? That's done. That's a baggage that is being dealt with off camera or slowly on camera. But there's other things now that they have to deal with. They have to deal with, you'll get to it, but the fire suppression unit. They have to deal with what they're calling, I think, the Jewish fire. They have to deal with the hole in the wall. They have to deal with the now. And I love that. I love that there's a, a change of, I don't say call it a change of focus, but a change of tension, a change of story, really. No, but it's because they're finding real drama in these new situations. They're not forcing anything. It's almost a natural state. Hey, you want to set up a new restaurant? These are the things you're going to face. And this is how these, whatever, 12 characters are going to deal with it. It's very clever writing around what I assume the original intention of situational comedy was. Mm. Yeah, it's putting these people in a situation and then seeing how these pre-developed characters deal with that situation. Yeah. And everyone brings something different. Like, I love where Richie is at the start of this season. Oh. You see him in a basement yeah. and he has this beautiful conversation. We don't want to say anything more because we don't want to spoil anything. We want everything to be a surprise for you. All we've done so far is tell you the state they're in, which is essentially yeah. the first five minutes of the episode. But you meet Richie in the basement and Carmi and he have this fantastic conversation. And even there's this there's this beautiful little dynamic where Kami's busy, he's stressed. Richie asks him a question. He goes, I don't have time for this right now. And Richie just nods his head and goes, okay, that's cool. And Carmi's yeah. like walking up the stairs and he turns around, he walks back down and he goes, all right, I do have fucking time for this. And yeah. everyone's grown. Yeah, Like that would not be the Kami-Richie relationship Yes. In episode two of season one. But also, Richie isn't magically perfect. He no, isn't he's magically not. this guy who suddenly realizes that he's in trouble. But he's working on find... it because he's constantly he's working counting on down it. from five. That's the thing, right? I love that. I love that he's working on it. I love that he's working on it on camera. I love that yes. from the first episode of season one to episode 10 of season two, there is a real growth in the character of Richie. Kami feels a little more... His growth feels glacial compared because he is trying to do a lot and he's trying to deal with a lot. But Richie's feels more obvious. And I think it sort of really lands in one of the episodes towards the end of the season, which I think is just the best episode. I think that's because Kami starts off at a more established position. Like his breakdown was different. Yes. His breakdown in season one was I am the super uber accomplished Michelin star chef. Oh my God, my world has completely changed. Now I've got to be this different kind of cook. What does that mean? And so he spent season one kind of reconfiguring who he is. But Richie doesn't necessarily go through that process. And it seems like Richie is experiencing that now. And so, yeah, yeah. so Kami's evolution is slightly different from Richie's. And yeah. you're right. I love how all of that kind of plays out. Because everyone's, everyone's evolution, like even Fak is going through uh, something in this show yeah. and you learn new things about fact 
And I just love that it's Maddie Madison. I just love that fact is one of the best chefs in America. Like the actual one of the best chefs in America yeah. they have playing this character who is also a consultant on the show. Who's also a consultant along on with the show. sister who is also a consultant on the show. And so the show comes from a very personal space, but also it feels like it's not self-indulgent in that way. Uh. I think there is a tendency for a lot of TV shows and movies like this when it comes from such a close space and there are actual chefs involved who are maybe trying to tell people, oh, wait, you don't know how the real thing works. Yeah. You've only seen yeah. a whole bunch of reality television and blah, blah, blah. And you eat at fine dining Michelin star restaurants and you think you know everything. I mean, this doesn't have that feeling. It doesn't feel like anyone's talking down to you. It feels like you're a part of the action. I think the problem with that, of course, is we watching this now think we know more about chefs and restaurants and cooking. Oh, I absolutely disagree with you. <laughs> oh, do you? Like now I think when I talk to a chef, I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I've, my, I've, got a, I've got a chef for a sister and I that was beaten out of me a long time ago. Oh, my that's friend. why. That's why. <laughs> like whenever I watch this, I'm like, no, yeah, that's that's not cool but good on you for trying you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like i have no illusions to even pretending to be able to be anywhere near what these guys have to do and i don't mean just the actors i mean you know people in the kitchen but the other thing that i found very interesting is that this season feels for better absolutely for better to be a lot more food porny but not in a gratuitous way in the later episodes Carmi and Sydney are are trying to design the menu so they they're going through the motions of acid and making a dish have enough oils and fats and all that. So there's a real sort of beautiful way that those shots are shot without it being a slow documentary style look at the food, look at them plate this little basil leaf on everything, you know, while at the same time making me want to cook. I found that watching this, I, I, don't, I don't want to have good food. I want to cook good food. It's a real sort of weird thing that's happening for me. I love this show so fucking much. I'm also glad that there are 10 episodes and not eight. This is one of those rare occasions where more episodes, yes, thank you very much, work a lot better. I need yeah. more of this. I think the other parallel that I have for this show is with Ted Lasso. In that I think about some of the criticism that Ted Lasso has gotten in its third season about these episodes being too long, maybe, and somehow the story being stretched out unnecessarily and being a little overwrought. And I disagreed with that because I think by the time I got to season three, it was about whether or not you love these characters and want to spend more time with them. I think what the bear established by the end of season one is that it created characters that you genuinely wanted to spend more time with and you genuinely wanted to know what was going on in their lives. It's almost like the friends you keep close to you. I'm not talking about the random people that you text on occasion to find out how they're doing. I'm talking about the people who are closest to you because their lives and your lives are intertwined in a way that you want to know what's happening to them. The best TV shows... And the best movies do that with their characters. And I think that's why people are always clamoring for, will there be another season? Will there be a Shaun of the Dead 2? People want to know, like, 
I want that friends reunion. What's happening to these six people? There's a new Frasier. What's Frasier been up to since he flew off on that plane and left Seattle? The best TV shows do that. And I think Chris Dora managed to do that very quickly with the bear. It's um, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I'm just aghast at how, how much this show entertains me in a way that I find challenging. It entertains you. It challenges you. It makes you think. And this is what I was going to say. There is a lot for us to talk about with regards to the themes of this show and how it addresses those themes. Like the first season took on a lot of stuff, not just with regards to mental health and suicide, but also ambition and how your work defines you and all of these things. And season two does something similar and does a lot different. But we can't talk about it until you've seen all 10 episodes. So I think it's worth revisiting The Bear on like a spoiler podcast. So Mm. The Bear only gets released in Malaysia next week because there is a slight delay from when it was released on Hulu. So we will be getting it on Disney Plus Hotstar on July the 19th. Now, I hope, I'm not sure... But in America, they released all 10 episodes at once. But with the first season of The Bear, Hotstar released it week on week, despite it being released after all the episodes had dropped in the US anyway. Mm. So I'm not sure what the release schedule is going to be on Disney Plus Hotstar, but I hope it's all 10 episodes at once. And if that's the case, then in a couple of weeks, we will do a spoiler podcast because there's a lot to dissect in the show. And it's just, there's so much good stuff. And the way that it's dealt with is so smart. So smart. Yeah, just, uh, I, I, there are so many things I just want to say, but I'm trying to hold myself back. Gotta hold it back. Gotta hold it back. We let people watch all the episodes first. There's a great flashback episode, guys. There's a great flashback episode. But I think the best episode is the one after said flash. Anyway, I'm not going to stop talking now because I love this show so much. It's so good. Just trust us. Watch The Bear Season 2. Watch The Bear Season 1 if you haven't. It's absolutely fantastic. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. It drops on Disney Plus Hotstar Wednesday, July 19th. You can reach out on all of our social media feeds, GogglerMY. You can also email us and podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Join us on our Discord server. You can do that by sending us a message on any one of those platforms. We'll send you a link. You can talk to us in real time over there. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Goggler Podcast.